0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a
1: passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, it's Carl Stebbings and Simon Walthortum. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 42 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stubbings, and joining me in the kitchen studio this week, we welcome Matt Smith. Hello. And how's Matt Smith this uh, week? Sorry, I was distracted there a moment, I do apologize. Uh, <laughs> are you well? Uh, yes, 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 I'm, yes,
0: yes, yeah. very good, thank you, very excited, because I've now more or less finished for Christmas, so I'm, I'm, oh, I'm even, lucky. in fact, I'm sure, I'm sure Carlos will put a picture <laughs> up, I'm even wearing my festive jumper. Do, mean, yeah,
1: during the show, I'm going to take a picture of Matt wearing his festive uh, jumper. It is a sight is to behold, brace
0: yourselves, mm, everyone, it's really very good. exciting, yes.
1: So we're uh, here then on the... Oh, blimey, what's the date today? The day's are whippling way here. It's the 19th of December ooh. and uh, just coming up to quarter to seven in the evening. It's quite a late one this evening. Mm. And uh, it's Friday, so it's me amazing. and Matt have yes. finished work anyway, Woo-hoo. which is great. We've just had some tea. It's yes. been lovely. Yes, it's it, good really here. Nice. Yes, mince pies. Mince pies and everything. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yes, we are here to bring you episode 42. We've got loads of news to speak about this week, yeah. but even better than that, I we do so. have... A special guest on the show. Oh, so
0: exciting. I know. Yeah.
1: And uh, the, the uh, certain young chap we have on the show this week, uh, um, by my complete, um, well, what should we say, eyes that don't see, I don't think, because I couldn't, <laughs> I, I just, I've only just found his podcast, but he does produce his own podcast, which is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Maiden Flight podcast. And um, which you can find on iTunes as well, and so we'd like to welcome onto the show Mark Maiden,
2: well, hello, guys. great to be on here. Thank you so much for asking me um, very good pleasure. absolute
1: pleasure absolute pleasure, yes, it's good to have you on the show, so Mark, uh, how's life treating you?
2: Yeah, life's going great now um i'm I'll be finishing up for Christmas uh on tuesday so looking forward to that and uh also some exciting stuff going on with my flying as well so uh Ooh. things are things are certainly <laughs> looking up we'll save that bit for later <laughs> on i think yes but, uh, let's yes. keep that absolutely yeah keep Excellent. you all on hooks. it's the way forward
1: so mark uh, just tell for the listeners uh just tell them where whereabouts you are from because you do have that uh, that accent there
2: Yes, I have a certain twang, all right. So I'm I'm born and bred in Dublin, in Ireland, uh, and I haven't ventured too far from here, so I live a couple of miles away from my parents. So uh, I think people get confused by the accent because I don't have, you know, the traditional Irish accent, you know, I don't have
0: that one. You mean you don't don't sound like a leprechaun?
2: No, I don't, (laughs) not at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So people get a bit confused about where I'm from, but uh, Dublin, born and bred, Yeah.
0: Ah. Well, mind you, I'm I'm no different. I mean, I was I was born born in Norwich and like sort of skirted around Norwich or surrounding Mm. area the whole time. I don't think you've ventured far, have you, Carlos? Only Malta. Malta?
1: Malta? <laughs> no, that's where you go on holiday. That's got oh, absolutely nothing
0: to no, do No, it's my second home. You know that. <laughs> oh, so, uh,
1: so, yeah, so uh, you're joining us all the way from uh, yeah. sli- across the Across, across the, the river. Pond. Across yeah. the, across well, the, the pond. mini pond. The mini pond. Yeah, the pond. mini pond. So, I'm guessing you've had the strong winds that we've had the uh, the last couple of days. In, uh, well, it Mark. is Christmas. It must be the Brussels sprouts. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's been pretty nasty, yeah. all right. I mean, we've had to bring the dog out for a walk every now and again. You come oh home drenched and damp and yeah. soaking. So, oh, yeah, it's been a bit oh. manky. Oh dear. Mark,
1: I have to ask you, um, do you love Ryanair?
2: You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> we all love ryanair oh really good good them. good you,
1: that's not who he worked for is it no. oh that's all right no, <laughs> no i wouldn't oh, i wouldn't so drop like me right in it thanks for that yeah, no, no i wouldn't do that to you matt no i wouldn't do that oh, splendid no but you do uh you do actually have a pilot's license don't you mark
2: uh, at the moment i have a student's pilot's license mm. So uh, obviously, a certain amount of privileges come with that, but very little at the moment. So, so, um, so, so
0: it, it just explain what, what to me, obviously, the, the novice who knows nothing about planes and stuff. What's the, what's the difference between? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a, a I it's, it's all sort of like leading up to it. But what, what is, um, what is the difference between that and a main pilot's pilot's license?
2: Yeah, so in order to fly solo, in order to fly uh, a plane solo for the first time, you need to have a student's pilot's license. Right, okay. So um, you have to get to a certain amount of hours, okay. your instructor has to sign you off, yeah, you have yeah, to do your medical, this. <laughs> yeah. so, that, uh, so that at least you're, they know that you're uh, you're fit to fly. Yeah. Um, and then once you move on and you complete all your exams and you do your your skills tests, that's when you end up with a proper pilot Right.
0: Tests. Okay. So so how many hours do you actually need to do to uh, to uh, to actually sort of you know graduate from student um, to, to I'm
2: fully? On, I'm on
1: part. I'm on 15 hours, but right. I'm guessing Mark's probably on a lot more on than a me.
2: Tad more. Yes. Well, uh, uh, not too much more. I'm on 30. Ah. So, um, I'm probably about halfway through. The minimum you have to have is 45. Right. Uh, but traditionally, uh, in this part of the world, it tends to be 60, 70, 80 that right. people have before okay. they, they go for their, their skills test. Oh, ah, cool. So, Whew. I'm <laughs> i just thinking about <laughs> just it. <laughs> A long way to go yet. I you know, God, I, I know. It. Right. Okay, well, yeah, well, don't, well. don't think about the money. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. Pretend that the. That, that, yes, just, it's, it's, just, just, awesome don't, just don't tell the wife. No, okay. no, no, no. Um, she doesn't, no, doesn't no, listen to this. No, she doesn't. thank God for <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. The joint can gets a hammering. Right. <laughs> um, right. Um, we're, so we're going to kick off the show then, as we always do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. Uh, yes. And are you ready, Mark? Big time. Right. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story, and we're looking at the Bristol Post site and EasyJet announcing uh, three news de- uh, destinations from Bristol Airport. Mm-hmm. Budget airline EasyJet has announced it's uh, to fly to three more destinations from Bristol Airport next year. As reported in the Bristol Post, the airline has targeted Lulsgate as one of its most important destinations outside London.
0: Really? Bristol?
1: With the addition of three new routes, EasyJet now flies to more than 50 destinations and is still on the lookout for more routes. Bristol Airport is undergoing a major expansion program and is looking to increase passenger numbers from 6 million to 10 million a year and the airline is seen as a key part of the expansion. The announcement follows EasyJet's October announcement of four additional new routes to Gibraltar, Porto, Lanzarote and Catalina. In total, EasyJet will add seven new destinations to its Bristol operations next summer as part of its five-year agreement with the airport. We're absolutely thrilled to add Bilbao, Isle of Man and Zante to our Bristol operations, uh, said EasyJet. Whether it's our customers want to marvel at Bilbao's striking architecture, soak up the sun on Zante's pristine beaches, or wander the unspoiled hills and valleys on the Isle of Man, we're confident that our new routes will be a popular choice. EasyJet now flies to 53 destinations from Bristol, more than any other airline uh, from the airport. They're committed to making it easy and affordable to customers to travel, and our growth at Bristol has made it simpler for people in the surrounding areas to fly directly into Europe's top airports, with no need for stop-offs or additional fuss. Sean Brown, Aviation Director Bristol Airport, said these are three new routes to show the further commitment by ZJet to Bristol Airport. As part of EasyJet's expansion at Bristol, a twelfth aircraft will be located at the base in summer 2015. So that's good news, then, for Bristol Airport. Oh, I like Bilbao. I, I know, but this is good for Bristol Airport. Yeah, yeah no, never mind that. No,
0: I went. I went. Uh, I went on a cruise actually with mother. Really nice. Uh, and one of our stops um, once we'd. Uh, uh, was Bill Bayo? Was was Bill mm. Unfortunately, by the time we'd finished, we then had to go across the Bay of Biscay, and I was very poorly for
2: about two days. But uh, it was a bit choppy. I so Bristol I...
1: Airport, then uh, Mark. Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> have, you, have you
2: have you flown in there or? <laughs> no, I've never flown in there. Now, is it is it a large airport? Hmm. I
0: don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's probably sort of, It's it's actually. I mean, it's I expanding all the yeah, time. It's, it's
1: expanding. It's a slightly smaller mm, than Stansted.
0: Yeah, it's approaching. It's approaching sort of Luton Airport sort of size now. Really, they get they get quite a, quite a few big carriers. But going to have
1: EasyJet in there mm. doing this, that's awesome. Yes, because that's, that's uh, obviously bringing a lot more. Um, people So, the so airport. is that
2: a little bit like Ryanair bumping up the business for small airports around Europe? Is it a similar sort of thing? Yes, yeah, similar. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's it definitely is. better to have that option of flying yeah. from there, you know, mm. with EasyJet to those different routes oh, rather than travelling, you know, to the bigger airports like yeah. Manchester and that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Yes.
1: Yeah, so next story, then you can take this one, Matt. Oh, this is me, is it? Yes. yes. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, that's Mark. Actually, no. <laughs> we've got we're done down well there. Yes. Right, Mark, this is your one then. We'll let you take this one.
2: This is the Wizz Air one. Yes. Yes. Okay, this is from Travel Weekly. Wizz Air to make Bristol debut next summer. Eastern European budget carrier Wizz Air is to make its debut at Bristol Airport next summer. The airline is to operate a twice weekly service to Kato. Okay. Oh no. I'm delighted that,
0: that, I, that I'm not the only one that struggles
2: <laughs> with these random place Katow- names. Katoiki, or something like that.
0: That's close enough, yeah. In, in,
2: yeah okay. In, in, we'll go with Poland. Poland. Somewhere uh, in Tuesday Poland. 26th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On Mondays and Fridays, the route will be served with a 180 seat Airbus A320 with fares starting at 25 99 one way.
0: Wow, Bristol
2: true. Airport Aviation Director Sean Brown said, We are delighted to welcome Wizz Air to the southwest of the UK. The Polish city service (laughs) will be a popular addition to the route network available from Bristol Airport, further strengthening links with Poland. A Wizz Air spokesman said, with six UK airports, the Wizz low-cost offer is a great opportunity for UK customers to explore Central and Eastern Europe, and we look forward to carrying many passengers on our new Bristol to Poland service. Wow, so Bristol are really on the up. Yeah,
0: very much That's good news. That's definitely
2: good news.
1: Wow. And I also love that Wizz Air logo. You can spot if you if you get. Do you use uh, Flight Radar 24 or Plane Finder?
2: Uh, like, oh, of course. Oh yeah, of good course. Man, good man. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
1: Because the uh, the Wizz Air aircraft really frequently fly over um, where we live here, out mm. in the sticks, yeah. uh, on the east coast, and they they quite frequently. And you can always spot them on a really clear day, obviously, because of the pink and so oh, the pearls. pink and yeah. the purple colours. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so so
0: nice. so where, um so where where is um Wizz Air actually based? There is. I know it's Eastern European, but I mean, which which, which country do
1: they? I don't know where they're based, Wizz yeah, Air. but they are they, they are quite an a and growing uh, low cost airline. Mm. Well, in I mean, Europe.
0: they're they're certainly carrying sort of. Mm major sort of planes. Was that an Airbus 320? 320, 320
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's 320. Oh, that's cool. At 25 99 one-way, which is really good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Does it work the same way with, like, train flares, where where it's like sometimes it's cheaper to get two one-way tickets than
2: it is to do a return? It probably is actually <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I wonder where these guys are fitting in around Ryanair and EasyJet. Are they... Are they around the same level? Are they offering yeah, more? Yeah, I
0: mean, certainly. I, I think they're sort of almost direct competitors, aren't they? Really? I mean, they're they're just they're sort of looking for the, the same sur- customers. I think the service is probably
1: slightly different with Wizz Air. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I presume surely not worse. No, no <laughs> not, it's definitely not worse. <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. <laughs> no, Wizz Air are based in Hungary. Hungary, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not that anymore. The we're Hungarian low cost airline. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, cool. they fi- they were, were founded in 2007. Oh, mm. Well, the power of Google. Eh? Yes, I know. <laughs> Other search engines are available. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to
0: the next story. Then, where this is actually from from uh, your part of the world, uh, Mark. This is uh, from BBC News Northern Ireland, and uh, Belfast plane investigation after engine catches fire. Um, an investigation is underway after a plane en route to Belfast City Airport was forced to make an emergency landing at the, interna- at, uh, at the International because of a fire on one of its engines. The Flybe flight had been travelling from Glasgow to George Best, Bel- George Best Belfast City Airport but was diverted. The ambulance service said all 76 passengers and four crew were taken off the plane safely. One person was taken to hospital as a precaution. Flybe confirmed that the flight was diverted due, due to a small engine fire which was extinguished before landing. An inspection of the plane is underway. Mr Oliver who was on the BE130 flight said some passengers noticed the fire about halfway into the flight. Uh, It's a short 20 to 25 minute flight and there was a visible shudder throughout the plane and those on the left hand side behind the engine clearly saw it burst into flames he said. Some of them described it as a burning rocket as flames were shooting out of the back of the plane lurched a little but not not dramatically but as little uh um but as but a little uh as it uh, presumably stabilized uh, on the second engine there was a lot of apprehension there was no hysteria the staff were very reassuring uh and they were reassuring as they could be uh, but they were they were visibly shaken as well, which doesn't exactly command confidence amongst the other passengers. He said one of the engines, uh, one of the engines' exits, did not uh, have uh, steps to passengers, and so they had to jump about six feet onto the runway. Um, Mr. Glenn, who had also been travelling on the plane, said that there had been a big fireball in one of the engines, which lit up the whole side of the plane. There were sparks coming out, so they they had to shut down that engine. We were running on one engine after that this is it's this is not really um fantastic uh need, I mean how, how is it is this sort of thing common I mean cuz the, these
2: are jet engines aren't they so no, they No these these
1: uh these are these turboprop. turboprop yeah right okay
2: well yeah they're ter- they're they're oh, yes, turboprops but they're yeah. essentially jet engines mm, yeah. they they work they work the same way right. they just have a propeller yeah. on the front cool. and and I guess they're I mean it's not unheard of to have engine fires and yeah. uh, stuff like that so there is a lot of training that goes into um preparing pilots for for things like that so i oh, think yeah. it's interesting that they said that you know there was no hysterics or anything like that nobody running up and down the aisles crazy <laughs> like you know they 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 trained for that sort of thing yeah wow.
1: the, uh, the aircraft in, in question was a bombardier dash eight or q series right uh turboprop airliner, okay um and has been well. It, it was brought into you or produced uh, from nineteen eighty three, but it's still produced now yeah. as well. It's oh, a very, right. it's a very popular aircraft, especially with uh, with mm. Flybe, okay. um, and also as uh, also Air Canada as well, and United Express as well. Use them as well in the so states. The, these are much smaller sort of yeah. planes than they're, they're not like sort of sort of seventy six eighty seater oh, aircraft. Right. Oh yeah. crikey,
0: yeah, sort of little shuttle flights. Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: They um, they they've got a very good uh, short
2: takeoff and landing. Um, right. Um, so again handier
0: right. for the much smaller airports yeah,
2: and definitely things. that's right a lot of a lot of the regional carriers would use these type of planes because they're very they're more fuel efficient right. than the, the smaller jets so um, that they, they work out very well for kind of short hop flights cool I'm um, cool. just looking here yeah
1: set you back uh, for one of these about uh, 400 uh, sorry 35 million US dollars for one of these take two yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah. Yes, well, why haven't you got one already? Why, haven't you, Mark, why haven't you ordered one? I mean, honestly.
2: <laughs> well, it's on the backlog. You oh, know. of course. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: OK, on to the next story. Then you've got this one, Carlos. Yeah,
1: business traveller site, this one. And uh, this is something we've covered in previous shows uh, quite a bit from not just BA, but other airlines. But British Airways have ruled out the use of uh, in-flight phone calls. So BA will not allow passengers to make in-flight mobile phone calls, the airline's chief commercial officer has revealed. Andrew Crawley told the business traveller that despite uh, trialling in-flight Wi-Fi on its short-haul BA fleet, it's going to restrict uh, mid-air mobile phone calls, although text messaging might be permitted. He said, we are not going to allow mobile phone use on planes, maybe just text messages, and we're going to do our, what our customers want, which I think they'll want to make phone calls, really. Well, but yes. <laughs> these days, people are, t- are so busy, they see that flight uh, as thinking time, the only me time they get these days. So far, very few airlines have introduced technology enabling people to make voice calls in the sky. Virgin Atlantic and Emirates are two examples, but these carriers are in the minority and the capability is not available on all of their aircraft. Currently, only BA's all-business-class Airbus A318 that serves the London City to New York JFK's route is fitted with mobile data connectivity for emails and SMS. However, Crawley said that BA is looking into rolling out onboard Wi-Fi access across its short-haul fleet in the near future. He said, We have signed a memorandum of understanding with uh, IMASAT to look at installing Wi-Fi on the short-haul aircraft, and we're also testing Wi-Fi on one of our Boeing 747s. If we did introduce it, we would charge for it, but uh, the trial will be free. Uh, there's not many routes uh, that go above 20%, so we need people to uh, going to use it as uh, the cost of installing it are going to be very high on the aircraft. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. If they're trialling this uh, on, the, on one 747, yeah, um, I mean, I know that when we flew with Emirates, um, as you know, yeah, um, uh, this year in January and, yeah. and last month, not in October as well, I used their onboard Wi-Fi, right. and um, I found it really good, but just for SMSs and stuff, you know, like obviously not voice calls.
0: But, but it's the same. It's, it's, I don't understand why they're not allowing you to make phone calls because you're still using the same technology. You use the same GPR, GPS. Uh, GPS. You use the same GPRS connection whether you're making a, a physical phone call or whether you're sending a text message. It's, it's only just, when you're using like internet that you're actually using a different.
1: I think it's just noise, though, and you've got someone sitting next to you on an aircraft oh, and they're right, gassing yeah. on a phone, right? Because no one talks on mobile phones quietly.
0: Because <laughs> well, again, Mark, you may be able to correct me correct me on this but at one time the reason why you weren't allowed to have your mobile phone you had to be in flight mode when you were on the plane was because it, originally they used to say interfere possibly interfered with the instruments in in like the cockpit and things or i mean it was that a a fallacy
2: yeah i think that was one of those old wives tales that nobody could confirm or (laughs) deny yeah so um you know i think there was probably a few cases where something funky happened in the cockpit and somebody happened to be using a phone in the cabin at the same time and they they kind of thought oh here we need to just stop this because we're just worried about something happening but i think they've kind of since then decided that you know there's no real evidence that that it does affect um affect the instruments in the cockpit but i think i think carl what you're saying there is probably right that people just don't want people yapping yabber, mm. away mm. on the phone yeah, them that. that's yeah. probably more the issue yeah but 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 then again you could always do that with a data connection you could yeah. use you know you could use Skype if yeah, you want on the true, phone yeah yeah. Yes. yeah yeah so i mean
1: emirates they do give you the option with the controller that you have you pull mm. out from the seat in front mm. of you in in economy mm. that you can swipe your credit card wow. and you can make a voice call but it's using their Um, and what's that about 15 pound a minute i don't know (laughs) i i wouldn't like to think how much that cost i suppose suppose
0: also i mean when 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 mobile phones um started to come out because i mean digital mobile phones came out very very quickly i mean analog phones themselves didn't exist for very long and of course when when they first started to come out i mean i suppose a lot of the equipment was much more analog if you like in in the airplanes themselves so i mean maybe Maybe the 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 old analog systems that we're using to sort of communicate with the plane were perhaps more susceptible to to interference, perhaps than
2: than. Uh... Have you had
1: any experience yourself, Mark, with using uh, onboard board Wi-Fi with uh, with an airline?
2: Uh, I haven't actually, and and it's kind of on the one hand I like the idea, and then if I'm on a business trip I don't like the idea, you yeah. know, because <laughs> you... that that means your employer would would uh, would. Be able you know, to still look, get at looking you. Looking for in, you to yeah. work, yeah. Looking for you to work while you're still on the flight. Yeah. So there's a part of me that kind of thinks, ah, well, maybe I can do without Wi-Fi for a couple of hours if I. Oh, Wi-Fi absolutely
0: them. not! You're mad. You've completely
2: lost the plot, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I, I, I I used I used it just for tweeting
0: pictures no, no, while no. we're in. I can say no, you, you only
1: used it because it was there. That's the, you didn't actually need it. <laughs> no, I must admit, they, Emirates did give it to us for free. Oh, did they? Yeah. Ah, uh, well, then you yeah. have to use it. In October they, they gave it yeah on the way home they gave us it for free which is really good uh. so the next story then uh, is for you to take mark
2: okay uh, this is from business traveler and uh, this is Turkish Airlines to increase flights to Manchester mm-hmm. Turkish Airlines services between Istanbul and Manchester will increase from next next spring the carrier currently flies twice daily to Manchester From May the 25th, an extra four weekly flights will be added, followed by another three services on June the 22nd, making 21 weekly flights or three daily. New daily service, uh, TK1491 will take off from Istanbul at uh, 20, 30 hours and land in Manchester at 2240, while returning service, TK1492, will depart Manchester at quarter to 12, and arrive in Istanbul at 5.40 in the morning the next day. Ersan Engen, the airline's general manager at Manchester Airport said, the new flight is scheduled to depart Manchester at 23.45 to give additional seamless connections to Eastern Europe, parts of the Middle East and key domestic destinations within Turkey. Travellers using the new TK1492 will be able to reach some cities before noon. He added, in 2014, we saw passenger numbers increase by 18% from January to August compared to the same period in 2013. Outside of London, Manchester is the biggest UK airport, serving almost 22 million passengers a year to reach more than 200 destinations worldwide. Over the summer months, these numbers are expected to soar as residents of Manchester and surrounding areas embark on their summer vacations. So this is interesting that um, some of these Middle Eastern um, carriers are coming more into into hubs in the UK and Ireland. We've noticed a similar thing in Dublin where uh, Emirates and Etihad are upping their routes here because I think they see these cities like Dublin and Manchester as good hubs to jump off to other places. So Mm. it's interesting to see. Yeah,
1: that uh, yeah. Well, the same I, with Emirates and all these these, these the, the carriers like that. The bigger carriers are going into these kind of smaller airports, smallish airports. Yeah, but it, it's just bringing a lot of traffic into the UK, which is great. I
0: you can't really call Manchester a small airport anymore, really, can you? I mean, it's as, as no, big no, no, if, no, no, no. I it mean, it's as huge. big as Stansted yeah. now, isn't it? I mean, it's uh it's a. Uh, I, I remember, as I say, I think I said once before. I remember going into the. Uh, they were one of the first to have a, a proper viewing gallery, weren't they? Actually, in mm. Manchester, and you could you could sort of almost be at the same level as um, as air traffic control, and you could watch all the planes coming in. Days and of viewing in, yeah. galleries, oh, blimey! Yeah. They, those were the oh, good yeah.
1: days. Do uh, do Emirates fly to um,
2: to Ireland? Then Mark? Do they know? do. They fly into Dublin, and they have recently uh, doubled the amount of flights in every week. Uh, I think they see Dublin as a, a fairly strategic hub for them. Uh, to link on with um, the American carriers flying over to the US, the Eastern US. So that that's been quite a big move now here in Dublin. I'm yeah. guessing that's with the triple seven. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and me and my son, whenever we're going out plane spotting, we always try and line up when that when that baby's coming in, <laughs> oh, so we can watch absolutely. it coming in and and then yeah, taking yeah. off. So it's a great one to see.
1: Okay. That was that's an awesome aircraft. We we flew with Emirates on the triple seven on our honeymoon three years ago to uh, to the Maldives, and that, that the triple that's the first time I'd been on the triple seven. Mm. Been on the seven six seven many times, but the the first time on the triple seven, that, that is a fantastic aircraft. Really, yeah, 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 um, yeah.
2: really is impressive. It looks and good, I think, and, and I think the new triple seven X is going to be something oh, else well. as well when that comes out. I think
1: we've got a story on that actually coming up. Yeah, <laughs> <probably>. Oh, <laughs> yes. that's a bit of luck. <laughs> Right. Anyway, <laughs> next next story then.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is with the Hearts and Essex Essex Observer, and uh, this the, the headline here is uh, Passenger numbers up twenty six percent in the busiest busiest November for eight years at Stansted Airport. Um, passenger numbers are, were up by 26% at Stansted Airport as the airport experienced its busiest November in eight years. The number of tra- number of travellers soared to 1.59 million, an increase of 327,000 compared to the same month last year. The total number of passengers flying. Through the airport in the year, it rose to to over 19.7 million, which was a jump of 11.2 percent over the previous 12 months, and the highest rate of growth at any London airport. The amount of cargo also increased during. um Really, uh, uh, sorry, that's sorry. I, I moved that a little, bit, a little bit too quickly. I shall do that bit again. The amount of cargo also increased during the period of with November 2014, volumes up by 15.8% against the same month last year. Total cargo tonnage for the past 12 months increased to over 20, 221,000 and an annual rate of growth of 3.4 percent the big increase in the number of passengers using Stansted is the result of flight frequencies on many key routes across Europe not reducing as is often the case uh, during the off-peak season Andrew Harrison Stansted's, Stansted's managing director said the significant increase in the number of passengers flying through Stansted reflects the growing confidence of our airline partners as many maintain summer flight frequencies and extend their peak flying schedules into the winter season. The very strong monthly performance and the double-digit annual growth not only ensures Stansted remains the fastest-growing airport in the London system, but is also a clear demonstration that under MAG's ownership, the airport is being successfully transformed so it can attract more passengers and airlines to play an increasingly vital role. In providing important international air connectivity over the next two decades. Now I keep forgetting about this because it was originally BAA, wasn't it, that mm, owned yeah. Stansted Airport? But it's ago. now owned by the same people that own Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise. I'd sort of forgotten about that. So they're yeah. obviously doing something right, then, aren't they? It's. I mean, we tend to use it, but
1: only because it's. It means you don't have to go into London to yeah. catch a. Catch we we a we plane. find Mark. We find Stansted as as kind of our. It's our easier airport and and best airport to use around this area, mm,
2: yeah. right? Because you're not dealing with the headaches of getting in and out. Of mm. yeah, yeah, I no. mean no, so the city.
1: Stansted, uh, for us is in a car, hour and a half. Hour and a half yeah, yeah, hour yeah. and a
2: quarter, hour and a half. Absolutely. And can um, you pretty much go anywhere from Stansted? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, pretty, yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's massive. You can. Um, well, you. I mean, you can go to Egypt and all sorts, can't you? I mean, there's no in the states. You can go from yeah. the states from there yeah. as well.
1: That's great. Because our our actual local airport, Mark, is Norwich International <laughs> Airport. Great, <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt Stiggers there. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's a really good airport. Don't get me wrong, Norwich International Airport is a lovely airport, but uh, unfortunately, Mark, they they don't offer the the frequency of flights that uh, majority of, uh, most of the people I know would use, like at weekends. Um, and also, uh, they they do have a tax that you have to pay a passenger tax um on every time you fly from the airport as well oh, um,
2: right. but it, it okay. is
1: i mean for, for me and matt it is literally 20 minutes up the road um and they do uh, they, they fly seven fives a320s 737800s in, in and out of there um but we're yet to have a big airline in the airport um i mean if we had ryanair or easyjet yeah. come into mm-hmm. uh in norwich i think it would well, it would be it huge it would it'd it'd be, it, huge. Yeah. It'd
0: be huge yeah I mean yeah. It, it's fair to say Norwich is probably no bigger airport than say Derry Airport I mean it's a yeah. similar sort of size similar sized runway mm. um, and they can get they can get the um, what, what are they 737s the, what are the ones that Ryanair normally the, use? 800s, the, the 800s yeah 737 800s 7, yeah, 7, 7, and I mean, they they go in and out of debt. Yeah, dairy, that's admittedly. Yeah. So
2: that, so it's kind of a, they're probably they're they're surviving okay, but yeah. they can't pull in the really big players to to really make it grow.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I mean, the, there are issues. I think personally there are issues because we are since they invented the uh, the airport tax, and I think hmm. the airport tax out of Norwich is one of the highest, isn't it? Where yeah. where you, where you yeah. um, which they claim? Well, I mean, I'm sure they are. They say they use it to improve the facilities at the airport because it is still technically owned by the council. Yeah. Um, hmm. in, in you, you do
1: case. you do tend to find uh, Mark you do pay a slightly higher premium to fly from Norwich Airport hmm. with the flights that they do provide from there. Yeah.
0: But it, but yeah. it, it's not a lot different. That's that's the frustrating mm. thing. It's like by the time if you because the the addition of, of the charges, if you like, is so much higher. Mm. When you when you take into factoring whether say think well, I'd rather go from Norwich than say Stansted. By the time you've taken mm. fuel costs and going to um, Norwich and parking, uh, sorry, going to Stansted and parking and all that kind of thing, mm. that actually more or less works out the same. But the the, the you don't have to yeah. go via. There's no off. major advantage to no, going no, there. No, no. So, yeah. so you think, yeah. well, I might as well just go to. Man- I might as well go straight to Stansted and fly direct yeah. as well, because like most of the, the you can do, sort of, you know, long haul from Norwich, but you have to fly into Skipper first
2: yeah. and then go yeah. out. Oh um, yeah, you know. And with- is and is Norwich the one where you, you have to pay money to park to, to drop somebody off?
1: Uh, no, no. were talking about one airport where, they,
2: where you had to pay. Oh, yeah, to that was uh, one off. of the ones up north. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we did oh, talk yeah. about
1: I forget which airport that was now, but yeah. one one of the main users of Norwich Airport, Mark, is uh, Bond Helicopters. They do a lot of uh, oil rig flights from nice, Norwich for yeah. workers uh, out Go to out the rigs. To the rigs you yeah, know. yeah, that's yeah. one of the big helicopter users. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on then to a story on Flight Global's site. This is something uh, that Mark uh, mentioned a few minutes ago with the Boeing 777X. So, Boeing uh, have revealed the 777-9 or –9X dimensions in an airport brief. Uh, they've revealed uh, a preliminary set of external dimensions for the 777-9X aircraft as part of Boeing's campaign to prepare airports far in advance of a scheduled entry into service in 2020. A presentation uh, delivered to the Airports Council International annual symposium last September gives the length of the 777-9X fuselage as 76.7 uh, metres. Uh, which is 251 feet 9 inches uh, or about 0.2 meters longer uh, than previously reported and 2.8 meters longer than the 777-300ER. The same slide delivered by Boeing's lead engineer for an airport compatibility Karen Dix Colney, also lists the estimated tail height of the 777-9X as 19.7 meters tall. The closely guarded dimensions were revealed at the ACI event as Boeing officials lobby airports and international regulators to prepare for increasingly longer and wider commercial aircraft. The Airbus A380 still holds the record for the longest aircraft wingspan at 80 metres, but the fully extended wingspan of the 777-9X will come in at second at 71.8 metres. That would make the A380 and the 777-9X among the very large aircraft only allowed to operate from Code F standard airports. Boeing, however, is introducing a folding wingtip on the 777-9X that reduces the wingspan on taxiways and gates to 64.8 metres. At that length, the 777-9X will qualify for taxiways and gates with clearances designed for narrower Code E aircraft. But that change will not address uh, all of the regulatory issues on takeoff roll. The 777 9X wingspan will be fully exp- uh, extended to ICAO Airport Classification Code F dimensions. ICAO requires that Code F runways be at least 60 feet wide versus only 45 feet wide for Code E aircraft. For Boeing to introduce the 777-9X to airports with only Code E compatibility runway widths, the 777-9 will require an exemption. Uh, Boeing notes that ICAO approved a similar exemption request to follow the 747-8 to operate on Code E-rated runways. So that's... all oh, I cannot wait for this aircraft to come out because I love I love the 777, as mm. we said earlier. And it'll be interesting to, uh, to see exactly... Um, if any design changes that Boeing are going to make, apart from obviously making the aircraft longer mm. uh, and slightly wider, whether they'll um, incorporate any of the the new Scimitar winglets that uh, that they've got. Yeah,
2: I've I've actually heard that they're the they're planning to have fold up wingtips mm. uh, on really? on the the new Triple Seven X, where the the wingtips will fold up when it comes into taxi and then yeah. when, uh, as they're taxiing out to take off, they'll fold down again, so that when it's parked at the gate, it'll, the the wings will be shorter. That's so good, isn't it?
1: That's <laughs> yeah, that's very, very cool. A
2: good and
0: design. is that, a, I mean, will that in, enable it? Because the, the bit that concerns is like, where, the, you know, the runway's got to be 60 foot wide, mm. as where at mm. the moment, for for most planes, it only has to be 45 yeah. foot. I mean, will will that solve the problem, or is it the actual landing that it requires the, the wider... Why I, I cool. think
2: it's all to do with fuel efficiency, and right. you know they're going to have new engines on them, and yeah. and I think just just for aerodynamics and everything, they're yeah. up, they're going to make it the wings longer. Right. Um. But yeah, I think I think for certain airports now, I think as what it said there, they're going to have to get exemptions to be able to get the airplane to mm. to fly in there. Really. Okay. the yeah. the
1: airbus a380 mm-hmm. matt
2: just to give yeah. you a bit of geeky information yes yes mark, mark
1: will probably already know this but yeah. the uh the a380 has four engines yes as we know two on each wing yeah. the two inboard engines yeah the ones nearest the fuselage are the only two engines that have reverse thrust uh brake right what, for, so, right, for okay. reversing the aircraft yeah. because the 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 outer two engines don't have that ability to reverse thrust like the normal standard engine because those engines hang over normally over in the grass area of the runway and if they were going to reverse thrust above say some dodgy grass cutting or some uh, loose gravel that would get sucked into the
2: engine yes yeah Did, it's, you know, I always wondered why that was. I often saw pictures of the two inboard engines and in reverses. I didn't know that, and that's because of the grass and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah, most good.
1: most of the airport, well, a lot of the airport runways that the A380 fly into, because they are, are narrow. Yeah, well, it's a bit narrow. Yeah. So, like we said, if they do, if they did have those two outboard engines reverse thrusting, it would just suck literally anything, anything that's lying that on that. It, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Small children, anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so moving on to the next story then. Mark, you're going to take this one.
2: Uh, Sure. This is from uh, Flight Global, and it's Spice Jet Grounded as Fuel Companies Cut Supplies. Beleaguered Indian carrier SpiceJet has cancelled dozens of flights apparently due to fuel companies' unwillingness to refuel its aircraft. Oh. In a pair of tweets, carrier chief operating officer Sanjeev Kapoor has apologized to passengers for the disruption and pain caused to the, due to the stoppage of fueling of our flights by the oil companies. He adds that the carrier is working to resolve the issue. He says the carrier owes fuel suppliers $2.2 million, but that it spends, <laughs> oh, hang on, that was Indian $140 million, but that it spends uh, Indian uh, $30 billion on fuel annually. Oh. Kapoor's comments come amid major flight cancellations mm. on the part of the carrier, which have been widely reported by Indian media. There are also rampant social media reports about the grounding of flights and also predicting the imminent failure of the carrier. The departures page of New Delhi's Indira Gandhi International Airport website previously listed a number of cancellations for the carrier, but these appear to have been removed. According to the site, the next SpiceJet flight SG2625 to Jaipur will depart at 10 past six local time. Meanwhile, the website of Mumbai's International Airport shows several flight cancellations, although a few flights this evening are listed as being on time. Flight tracking website, one of our favorites, Flight Radar twenty four, show, yeah, shows a lack of SG tagged aircraft in the air. Meanwhile, media reports indicate that India's government has asked local banks to extend loans of six billion to the troubled carrier. It is far from clear that this assistance, if needed, if indeed it is forthcoming, will be enough to save the carrier. If Spice Jet is permanently grounded, it will be the second major Indian carrier to fail in three years, following the collapse of Kingfisher Airlines in two thousand and twelve. So, wow, things are pretty tough in yeah, India at is, the moment. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it's never a good sign, is it? The minute that that people are refusing to allow you to to refuel, the minute that stuff is being grounded, I mean, you, you know, you know, you know, you are in trouble, don't you? When it's when they, well, they
1: won't put the fuel on the plane. It's uh, it's Spice, SpiceJet, a reasonably new airline. I mean, they they've been they were founded in two thousand and five. Um and they've got um three three hubs or three hub air, uh, airports mm. they have in Delhi, uh, Chennai and Hyderabad. But um I mean they've got a reasonably spice air, they've got quite, a, um, quite a, a a decent new reasonably new fleet as well. Mm. I mean they've got uh the seven three seven eight hundreds which uh, Ryanair yeah. use. Yeah. Um it's just a shame, like I said, Mark, that that you know, these things happen in this day and age with mm. airlines and stuff there's so much competition I think yeah. with airlines as well which um... yeah
2: and and for and when Kingfisher failed as well I think that was big news because they were like the the star of the region yeah. at one yeah. particular period so it's, their, it's very their, good to... their
1: service was supposed to be
2: really good
0: I really like their beer yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> no sorry I don't, I don't know whether they're, uh, whether
1: whether it was to go with the beer I don't know
0: but... <laughs> yeah. actually we'll, we'll perhaps try and look it up but um because this was actually a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Mm. This was on the seventeenth that this was published. It'd be interesting to see if the, if the situation has improved.
1: They actually um, fly the Bombardier a Dash or Bombardier Dash Eight Q four mm. hundred aircraft as well, Spice Jet. Really? Mm. Gosh. Right. So mm. next story. Moving on. Ah. Uh, there we go. There we go. Well, uh, we've got a top ten list. Ah. Uh, Could we like top ten lists? We do. We do.
2: Absolutely. Everybody loves the top 10 yeah, list.
1: Can't, can't, go, can't go wrong with one can't of them. No, um, no, 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 no. Top 10 list. This one is for, this is on uh, Flight Global site again. This is on Flight Global site. The, uh, For the love of lists, top 10s. And um, actually, we've got the, where are we here? This is the top 10 eBay list, isn't it here? Yes. Yeah, the aviation gifts on eBay. Yes. There we go. Have you got the one in front of you, Mark?
2: Uh, Top 10 last-minute aviation Christmas gifts, is it? Yeah, that's That's it, yeah.
1: Okay. So we're going to start then uh, top 10 list of aviation gifts on eBay, and we are going to start at number 10. (laughs) So at number 10, then, uh, we've got a DC-9 exhaust mixer coffee table. What on earth is one of those? (laughs) So, uh, I I get the coffee table bit. I'm not a complete. So this this is kind of the rear section of um, a JT8D Pratt and Whitney JT8D turbofan engine, right? uh, Which they've taken the the uh, exhaust mixer part of the engine off and put a glass top on, (laughs) and uh, made it into a coffee table.
0: This is real Top Gear Uh, stuff. You can
1: purchase this coffee table at uh, a mere $7,500, oh, uh, oh, uh, at current conversion rates. So I have no idea what right. that means in English, uh, pounds. But, uh, yeah, $7,500
2: uh, for that one. So, next one for you, Mark, to do at number... Number nine. At number nine, we've got the model of the next-generation Russian stealth bomber. No, actually, that's quite boring compared to the mixer table, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, we can't give odd. out all the good material. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a nice-looking aircraft. I mean, it looks very stealthy and everything. Uh, so, this is the, the the one that's going to replace the Tu-95 and the Tu-160. Uh, it's going for two hundred and fifty dollars.
0: That's yeah. true. I, I, I like the bit at the bottom here though it does say, there's like a little headline at the bottom that says, but buyer beware Russia <laughs> have not yet revealed the actual design for the new bomber based on statements by Russian industry and military <laughs> officials, the design of the airframe was finalised last April followed by the engine more recently, so you're they, buying this model for $250 but it may not actually be the one that is released, so that, that's, that's, that's what we like to hear in a top 10 isn't it, it's a bit sketchy <laughs>
1: So So the next one. Uh, Number eight. So at number eight then, uh, the Wright Brothers 112-year-old trophy and award. So in 1911, the Wright Brothers uh, awarded pilot Arch uh, Hoxie Hoxie. 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 a trophy for breaking the world altitude record with an ascent to 11,474 feet. Unfortunately, Hoxie was already dead after crashing oh, while no. attempting to break his own <laughs> altitude record. The trophy ended up in a jeweler's shop in California and then disappeared for decades. It's now back on the market and a highly valuable collectible. The seller has listed the sterling silver trophy cup and tray with a buy it now price of $150,000. But you can also make an offer. Oh, that's no. very good. Yeah, a fiver. I think it's going to go for a bit more than that. <laughs> oh, really, but that—I mean—that's that, I mean, a lot of money. But that is a piece of um, history, though, Mark, isn't it? Really, massive piece of history.
2: I guess it is. I mean, to to be the to break that record is something else. Back in 1911, amazing.
0: But I mean, are they still do? I mean. It, it, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that there aren't nut job pilots maybe you two could perhaps uh, have a a, a a descent off if that's the correct <laughs> term and, uh, and and have a bash at this so maybe you could win said cup
1: I don't think the uh, Cessna 150 I fly would pff, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go much higher oh, than about 4 or 5000 feet without. that what you
2: What 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 are you normally flying Mark? Um, I'm. I've actually flown low-wing planes up to this, but I'm actually going to be changing uh, flight schools within the the near future, mm-hmm. and I'll be flying, flying Cessnas from yeah. then on. Oh so, yeah. Oh so next Classic. one, and, uh, right at number seven. At number seven, we have the Airbus wing flap office desk. Now, this is pretty cool. I have <laughs> that to say, is this that, is pretty cool. That is, yeah, yeah. So, so, how would you describe this? This is like the the wing flap, obviously, from an Airbus airplane. And it's like as if you're kind of looking down along the length of the the wing and they've put a nice glass uh, table uh, have, top on the top.
0: as, as, any, as uh, I'm, I'm probably showing my age here a little bit, but have either of you two actually seen um, or listened to War of the Worlds, as in like the Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds? It reminds me of The Martian, the three, oh, the three, yeah, the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the sort yeah, of the yeah. pods yeah. that they go sort yeah. of shooting. It reminds me of that really. Yeah, it does. It does actually. Yeah, yeah, it's got
2: a big eye on the front as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: that's probably the best way to describe it. But it's, I mean, it's very stylish, isn't it? it so is. what's what's
1: this one made from, then, Mark?
2: This is uh so it says add some lift to your co-worker's office this Christmas with a desk made from a former Airbus A three hundred wing flap. For four thousand four hundred dollars you can immediately buy this elegant piece of office furniture designed by SkyArt Design the alu- aluminium or aluminum <laughs> oh, part,
1: no. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> part <laughs> makes a sleek surface for a coffee table. That's, that
1: is all I I would like that. It's, it's the I'd Irish like American that. name, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. <laughs> So take. next one. Number six. Number six then is the LZ-129 Zeppelin Hindenburg Crash Relic. What? It's uh dur duralumin. Oh, that's a big word. <laughs> Duraluminum. Duraluminum frame <laughs> table. 78 years ago, the Hindenburg airship spectacularly caught fire and crashed while mooring at Naval Air Station Lakehurst in New Jersey. Some of the deril... It's metal. Support structure survived a disaster, and most were shipped back to Germany to be recycled in the rapidly expanding Luftwaffe combat aircraft fleet. But a seller on eBay says that some of the the, the metal <laughs> material was left behind and refashioned into a series of fifteen tables for collectors. Ooh. One of those tables is now available for on sale on eBay for fifteen thousand dollars. How much? Now that 15, is that oh, is one dear. one mega part of history there. That I mean that was a huge story. Oh, yes, oh yeah, I mean, everyone knows about yeah, the Hindenburg. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but as a, that does it's quite. A, interesting coffee table yeah I don't think the wife would like that but it's nice no I don't think she would.
0: I don't think anybody would like it frankly but not, <laughs> yeah, not for a
2: coffee table no. <laughs> no no
1: no so anyway at-
2: next at number five at number five we've got a world war two practice I presume that's meant to say bomb, bomb table. Yeah. <laughs> it, says, it says palm. Yeah, it it does indeed.
0: Yes. Well, maybe, yeah.
2: maybe it's got some Australian in it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Stephen Grant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bomb table, stand, ice bucket. So this is a World War Two practice bomb is offered as a very convenient table stand ice bucket for $3,750 at the buy now price. Adding to the appeal and the bombs away theme is the fan ring from the engine of a jet-powered bomber. The eBay site says the ring comes from the J47 engine, which is described erroneously as for the Boeing B-52. So that's, a, that's an interesting looking table now, all right. It's, it's really
0: quite stylish, isn't it? There's something about the... Uh, was it in service or is it just a replica? What, what, what was the? Uh, where are we? I'm just trying to have a look. Yeah, in this case it's very clean. If it was, uh, if it was in service. If you see what I mean, it's good. It looks good though. Oh, yeah. And every makes- every home should have one, frankly.
1: Uh, anyway, straight in at number four. Number four then is an aluminium. Oh, shall we say aluminium? No, don't you dare. Don't you dare. An, al- you dare. <laughs> an aluminium javelin model. So uh, anyone can find a model of a successful commercial or military aircraft, but it takes a special kind of dedication and mindset to value items from one-off, cancelled projects. For sale right now is one such item. A decade ago, a startup company in Colorado attempted to design and build a personal jet that looked like a cross between an F-18 and a T-38. The ATG Javelin attracted support, but alas, not enough financial backing, and therefore the project was dissolved. The display model uh, showing the ATG uh, was it showed off at conventions and there shown is now for sale for the tidy sum of $7,495. If the item is ever sold, at least someone will, ha- will make uh, money
2: off the idea. That's... Uh that's Do you quite, know what's funny looking smart. at this model? I was trying to figure out what it looked like. Yeah, and it it's very like the. Have you seen the new Cessna jet? No, I haven't, Mark. But oh, I'll have to look yeah. now. You Google yeah, that yeah. one Cessna. immediately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cessna have, have produced a, a new. Um, I think it's a, like a, a training a training jet, okay. for air forces, um, and it looks very similar. To that it has the kind of the classic sort of F eighteen sort of look to no, it. It does look a bit, oh, like yeah. it. but it
1: looks like cockpit. It's like it's just one ginormous almost cockpit look. The, yeah. it, the engines kind of just slung underneath or somewhere, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. classfully. Yeah. So next then, at uh, number three.
2: At number three, we have the centrifuge flight motion. Sorry, I'll... let me say that again. Centrifuge flight motion simulator. Wow! Oh my goodness, this is a big centrifugal thing yeah. to put in, in your garage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Give the gift of fully immersive flight simulation this Christmas. (laughs) This particular item, two centrifuge flight motion simulators offered for a total of 6.8 million. Is wow. not for the most frugal shoppers. No, but the but the opportunity to simulate up to nine G loads in the privacy of your garage, assuming oh, it's large no. enough.
0: No, what anyone. are you trying to do to me? Honestly,
2: <laughs> oh, this. Dope. Your friends, your friends can join the fun by filling the six pods in each of the two simulator systems. Wow, that <sighs> is so cool. Blimey that would have to be one hell of a garage, though, wouldn't it? It I would think. have
1: to be a good garage. But yeah.
0: then, to be honest with you, if, if you can afford to buy for $6.875 you'd million, have a big you'd
1: garage.
2: have a very large yeah. garage. You'd certainly have somewhere to put it, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, these things that you put people in to check the, uh, how how they can handle G, I mean, they're very uncomfortable things to be in. I couldn't see myself jumping in this every single day in the garage and giving it a whirl.
0: It's just one of those things you've just got to own, though, if you're absolutely plain nuts.
1: If the wife's wife's, uh, annoying, you just sling her in the pod and. (laughs) I am so playing this wife. She doesn't listen to the show, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) She puts up with me.
0: Yes, she suffers, I think. Yeah, the long suffering. Anyway,
1: at number two. So a Fantasy Island Grumman Widgeon Widgeon Widgeon? Widgeon? Uh, Would you say what now? God, these are hard today. (laughs) Yes. You can own the plane from Fantasy Island. The nineteen seventies TV show (laughs) featured a nineteen sixty-seven Grumman Widgeon. It's a seaplane. Uh it was in the opening of every episode. That plane is now available for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Following its appearance on Fantasy Island, the aircraft had a troublesome career. It was eventually impounded by the U.S. authorities on a drug smuggling <laughs> oh, bust <no>. in Oklahoma, <laughs> according to the eBay seller. That—that right. that is real. That's an awesome looking aircraft. I love that. That reminds me very much of a mini Catalina. Would you think yes? Mark?
2: Yes, it does. Yeah, one of those um, seaplanes. Yeah, the
1: PBI yeah, Catalinas. Lovely. Yeah. That yeah. looks that's really good though. That is quite a stylish looking plane. That, that looks in good nick as well.
0: It doesn't seem that much money.
1: No. Is, or is that just me? But yeah. it I mean it depends whether it comes with all its certificates of airworthiness. Ah right. I mean, just, like you mean you don't want to actually
0: fly the thing, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway,
1: it's time for the, the very top and it is time for number one. I've left this number one I've left line. this one to Mark. Now Mark, just before you start, sorry to butt in. Um, but this is okay. something that oh,
2: that I would Sell my house to have, but carry on, Mark. Carry on. Mark. <laughs> I, I can see why, Carlos. I can see why. At number one, we've got the replica Boeing 737. Next generation flight simulator. So, this just looks like the bee's knees. This is the full deal. So, who does not want a replica Boeing 737 next Me. generation flight yeah, <laughs> simulator in their own home? We'll convert you some some stage. Right.
0: right? No, okay. All right. I, I look forward to the, uh,
2: the full studying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this uh, 118,000 model was built privately using a variety of authentic parts and simulator systems. Oh really so it's not even well, it's not even one that they've just bought it,
0: it it's it's uh, somebody who's actually built from oh, wow.
2: but I tell you what it is that looks really realistic I have to say. It does. It does. Um, yeah. And I'd love to know now is it I presume it's not a, a motion one. No. Oh, I not that at price I don't know.
1: Oh. Mm. I'm I'll tell yeah. you what I'm going on eBay tonight. <laughs>
2: Really? Yeah. And do I've, you have one hundred
0: and eighteen thousand six hundred and fifty
1: uh, dollars kicking around? I better not click on the buy now. No. Part. No. I, uh, well, I, if you do, I would. Um, well, I just move out. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll be very popular. <laughs> no, no. indeed. Oh, I've, I've, I'll tell you what, Mark. It's one of the things I've always wanted to do is have a go on one of these simulators, or, you know, a, a full simulator, a full motion one, or even a fixed, um, you know, fixed one. That would be such, you know
2: yeah i'd say so i'd say that's great fun um there's a there's a guy on on uh twitter who's recently moved back to ireland called neil braden i don't know whether you've heard of neil and uh he's a ppl pilot and he recently went off and, and tried one of these flight simulators in, in one of the local airports here and he said it was fantastic he just thoroughly he enjoyed it he got to shoot an approach into like a big airport and everything that was just fantastic
0: yeah so. no well I'd like to have a going one. I'd like to sort of, you know, sort of, because I suppose you haven't got worried if you if you crash it. It's not really the end of the world, is it? It's just like no. I you know you. You just think you know. You sort of maybe collapse into a pillow or something when you have finished. But it's just like
1: if I had one, I would. I'd be in it all the time. Right. I really yeah. would. Oh, yeah. God, so would. I'd, really? I'd be sacked because I'd miss work. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. And do you find you spend hours on flight simulator on the? I do. As I do, is. Mark. Yeah.
1: Flight simulator oh, X. have yeah. got the uh, the control column, the the rudder pedals, the throttle oh. quadrant and stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They don't it has do to be one, done. They don't do one for bus
0: drivers, do <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they? <laughs> I don't go home and sit there and bus driver dream. simulator. Yeah. Yeah. There's an app for that. Probably, I dare say, there is these days. Um.
1: Last story? Yes, yeah, last story. Last story then, Flight Global, this one. Uh, is it my one? Oh, I, I can't remember. I can't go it is now. No, oh. Oh. I'm, I'm really confused. Okay, well, I'll quickly read this yeah, one out. On. Here you go. So Airbus validates Sharklet retrofit for older A320s. Airbus is expecting to produce uh, 20 Sharklet wing-type retrofit kits monthly, with the first to be completed in the second quarter of next year. The Airframer says its A320 retrofit program has been validated and the process finalized following a demonstration exercise. This exercise, conducted in Cardiff with a real aircraft, enabled Airbus to optimise the embodiment sequence, the airframer adds. Airbus says the effort included fuel and wing alignment certification tests. Some 3,500 A320 family jets can potentially benefit from the kits, which allow the standard wing fences to be replaced with the sharklet wingtips, improving the fuel burn. The retrofit procedure is intended for the older A320 models and is more complex than a simple switch of the wingtip because the wing must undergo a degree of reinforcement. Airbus says the backlog for the kits is growing and they've been ordered by customers in all regions. Wow. Wow.
0: So is this with a view to uh, sort of, I suppose, keeping them so in service longer? So these
1: Sharklets, if you've, um, obviously you've been on uh, Ryanair's Boeing 737-800. Yes, yeah, the, the the, the, the they're they yeah. Sharklets. Yeah, right. Um, Airbus have... They look like shark um, fins if they, yeah. if they were
0: yeah, sticking out of the water. The,
1: the original Airbus A320s had a kind of uh, V-shape at the end right. of the wing, um, yeah. like that. I'm just showing Matt here with my hand. yeah, yeah. um, Had like that at the end of the yeah. tip of the wing. But Fantastic
0: item for radio. Though. So yeah, Airbus
1: yeah. are <laughs> intending on fitting the... The, the, the shark, clets, the shark, which are kind the, of like yeah. Boeing's ones, right? But uh, I'm guessing you've you've seen the scimitar ones, haven't you, Mark? The newer style. Um, oh uh, yeah, ship, they're
2: yeah. they're very cool looking. They they're the ones cool. that are going to be on the Boeing seven three seven. Yeah, that's
1: it. Wow. Yeah, the seven three seven max. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so most
1: of this is just going over the top of my head <laughs> <self>. <laughs> so, we're it's, it's for
2: fuel efficiency
1: ah I see, yes. see why didn't you say that that makes perfect less, sense. yes less fuel burn oh it's yes, good very good okay so we're gonna bring the new segment then this week to a close it's been fun hasn't it's it
0: been a lot of fun yeah
1: so we're gonna bring, yep. so bring, yep. so bring that uh, segment to a close and uh thanks for joining us on that segment Mark. Uh, mark are you, you gonna hang on for a bit uh, before you've got to go
2: yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Cool. This is great Excellent.
1: Film. So we're going to come back to you uh, with the next part of the show just yeah. after these. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines.
0: Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on. Aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash! Crash!
1: Turn that down! What is cricket, anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh,
2: there we oh. go.
1: <laughs> yes, we had that explanation on the last show didn't we we? Did, to yes, what the cricket was about. We yes. did get a reply from uh, Steve and Grant from the PCDU uh, help desk. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, as we said, you're joining us and uh, as you do, your own podcast as well, uh, the Maiden Flight podcast, which I've listened to, which is awesome
2: thank, thank so, you so uh,
1: again thanks for joining us on the show so mark tell us a bit about uh how it all started for you uh, for you and your um your aviation career
2: yeah yeah so um i mean I, I as as far back as i can remember i i just always wanted to fly i can't actually remember the time when i said i want to fly it was just always in me Um we were very blessed as a family to be able to go off on holidays uh to the med Snap. as we did back then yeah, yeah. and uh so, oh, man, I think I looked forward to the, the airplane flight almost more than the holiday, you know, and I used to count how many times I'd been on a plane are and like, things you, like that. Are you and
0: Carl, like, brothers or something? This is,
1: I, 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 <laughs> it, I'm hearing exactly the same it's, story. It's quite bizarre, Mark, <laughs> yeah, because this it's is reading bug. just like me. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. So, and and the interesting thing is, is that, you know, people often talk about how, you know, kind of life gets in the way. I mean, that kind of so- sounds almost yeah. negative. I don't mean it in a negative way. But, you know, life just moves on. Yeah. And I didn't get to do the flying when I was younger. And, you know, the, the love of airplanes and the desire to do it just never went away. And uh, it, for me, it's not even a case that I, I want to go flying. It's actually that I, I have to. I, I have to go flying um, because there are... There are times when, you know, I'm up in the plane flying and as busy as it is, as, you know, intense as it is, it just, it you just feel like, I just feel like I'm at home in the airplane when I'm on put. So a couple of years ago, um, myself and my wife just had a good chat about it and she's been incredibly supportive, which is wonderful. So we both said, listen, just I need to do this. You yeah, exactly. see, now that's where you, that's
0: where you and Carlos dis- sort of dis- sort of move apart from each other on that one because <laughs> it's just, not, I, th- I think I think the wife to- tolerates it in your case. Is, is, is that a fair assumption? I mean, she likes planes because it means that she can go somewhere hot and sunny. <laughs> she's she's warming to the uh, oh is she, oh, is she, oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. I have to do it gently right break break them in steady as it <laughs> were yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. and and I mean you know my wife wouldn't exactly be into airplanes now herself but she 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 can see that that it's something that I love so she wants to encourage me in that but I decided a couple of years ago right okay let's give this a go I didn't have an awful lot of money at the time so um, you know I, I I joined a club which was uh, a bit cheaper then flying at a, at a flight school and started flying there mm. and just as soon as i started doing it i just knew wow this is just amazing i just got to do this more so it's been it's been kind of slow uh, over the last 3 years i've got up about 30 hours um uh, i went, i flew solo um on my 13th hour which was just the most amazing thing ever wow. to actually fly an airplane by yourself it's just unbelievable um carlos are you getting close to going solo
1: yeah i've just i passed me medical exam or medical sorry medical uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, there... and uh, i think the my instructor is intending on getting me to sit my air law exam because uh, oh. until i pass me air law exam uh, they won't uh, let me fly solo
2: Oh right, is that that's is that something in the UK? you
1: have to do. Uh, that's what I've been told. So I'm yeah. guessing that's how things are in the UK. But uh, he has said that the the flying stuff part of things is 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 brilliant. You know, I'm doing the landings and takeoffs and and stuff, flapless approaches and um, short field approaches and stuff like that. Are all brilliant. And it's just yes. literally, I need to sit the air law exam before I can, uh, you know, go fly. So my first fly, solo flight.
2: Yeah, wow. fantastic. That's great. You, you don't have to pass the aviation law exam here in order to do the solo, but obviously you have to reach a certain proficiency and have mm. your student pilot license to to do it. Um but what a what an amazing day. I'll never 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 forget it.
0: And 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 the so, the solo flight does that I mean do you have somebody in there with you? It's just that you happen to be fully or are you literally on your own? No, you're. you're, you're literally, literally, on literally on your, your own. own. So, your <laughs> you know you do what's so called take uh, off a circuit. Ta- Yeah.
2: Yeah, you do a circuit, which matches where you, you you take off. You 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 do kind of like a square. You, yeah. you fly around the the airfield and then yeah. you come back in. So your your instructor does one or two of those with you, and he says, "Right, you're probably fine." And then you stop the airplane, and he jumps out, and then off you go yourself. <laughs> oh my <God>. So <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but um, it's amazing actually, though, how when you're when you once you get up off the ground, um, and obviously the plane jumps up off the ground a lot quicker because it's it's lighter. Um, but you know all everything that you've done, all your training that you've done up to that just kicks in, and yeah. you hardly even notice that kind of there's nobody there because I mean leading up to your solo, your instru- instructor tends to not say an awful lot anyway because mm. he's want he wants to see that you're at a certain stage and yeah. you can cope with things and he's not kind of jumping in and grabbing the controls or anything like that. So by the time you do your solo, you're 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 well ready for it.
0: Yeah. So well i suppose it's like it's, it's but it, it's even though that you've you've had all your training you know exactly what you're doing you've you've you know done it morally essentially you've done it solo for i don't know how long but just with the instructor sitting there but it's like when you pass your car test for the first time and you get in that car on your own for the very first time and you go out on the road i mean it is a yeah. a completely different feeling isn't it where where yes. it's you know i mean that that I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean do, does everything nip up? I mean, are you a bit more terrified <laughs> than, than you were last time you went? I mean,
2: uh, absolutely, yeah. oh, absolutely. There is there is an element of that. You look over and go, oh my goodness, there's 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 nobody in the seat beside me. Yeah. and now and now I'm up in the air. I have to think? get this thing down. Yeah. on its way down.
1: Yeah. Is that, so... Hang on a minute. I have a question. Oh wait, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what what uh, what type of aircraft did you solo in then, Mark?
2: it was a robin um hr 200 so a little low wing airplane nice kind of bubble canopy um very kind of docile sort of plane probably very similar in handling to the the cessnas Mm. the 152s Mm. the 150s um but a lovely little airplane i remember there was one flight where we were doing stalls and uh you know where you know, you obviously stall the wings, so you've got no more lift and the plane starts to fall. But, you know, at the, at one point, the plane had its nose up and the stall horn warning was in the background. <laughs> and, you know, and the, the instructor says, right, that's it. And I'm kind of going, really? I was expecting something so much more dramatic like just to, you know, to fall down and just, you know, just to be a lot more dramatic. But it was very docile and you just put the nose down and put the power yeah, in. And off it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. So you've probably done a few of those. Yeah, of- that's
1: one of the first sort of bits and pieces I started to learn when I first started was the stalls and how to recover from stalls and stuff. So, yeah. You see, I'm listening to this conversation and all I can hear
0: in my head is essentially... I, yeah. uh, I can't. They, That's, that just... is
1: kind of nearly what the stall warns. I mean, I don't know what the the one in the aircraft that uh, Mark, but the, the Cessna one is. Yeah. It's just kind of a like that. Yeah. That's all you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, that, you say so... you've you've got you obviously got a family mark. I mean, does that um, do, do your children sort of interact and stuff? They love aircraft and flying and planes. And
2: well, we we have two children, um, Jody and Luke. Uh, so Jody is interested, but she's she's you know, she's not dying to go flying with me or anything like that, (laughs) you know. Uh, Luke, our 13-year-old Boy now is big into airplanes. Oh, so yeah, yeah, funny, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great, you know. have so raised him well, yeah. I have exactly. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't push it on him, but he just kind of naturally, I think, picked it up by osmosis from me. So um, one of his big thing is now that you know he's going to be like my co-pilot. You oh. know, when when I um, get my PPL and we're oh, going to go really. flying over to the Aran Islands, which are these lovely islands over on the west of Ireland. That's where he wants to go. You know, so yeah, it's great now. They're they're very supportive. they so they're so. What's
0: what's the a dream then what's the dream what what, what do you what uh, do, do you want to end up owning your own plane at the end of this
2: what's the oh
0: I, I <laughs> have lots of dreams oh. Matt. <laughs> I tell you,
2: where do I start yeah. Um, I, I can't see myself stopping at the PPL stage right hmm. I know there's definitely people who go who think they'd be happy with that and right. just going flying at the weekends whatever but the ignorance here what's the uh, what, what's the PPL stage Sorry, that's the private license. Yeah, oh right. The, yeah, the full, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um and then you can move on to doing a commercial license. You Ooh. can move on to do multi engine, obviously, which is two engines and right. more. Uh, you can do instrument rating, which allows you to fly in clouds. Right. So obviously with the PPL, you can't fly into clouds. Right. Um you can only fly where you can see. Okay. Um so there's all these extra ratings and licenses that you can get. Can you hear
1: that um, noise? Uh, Ching. Right.
2: <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. where the big bucks come in.
1: So, right. um, so, how have you found it, um, sort of, the, I mean, the price-wise and stuff, because, I mean, in, in the, where I'm learning to fly at the moment, it's probably the cheapest in the area. Um, yeah. You, a, a general, sort of, a rule of thumb says, an hour, it normally comes out at round about, kind of about a hundred and, hundred and forty, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty pounds for an hour, um, tuition.
2: That's not, too bad now what's that in euros that would be about what, 190 and 200 maybe i have no idea <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah that that's uh, that's that, yeah i mean that's close enough to what i'm doing here It mm. would probably be closer to maybe 230 240 euros yeah um, an hour so and the in, the interesting thing i found is that if you're if you're if you have gaps between your flights yeah um you tend to lose a certain amount of what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I I was having gaps of maybe two, three, four weeks between flights, and I found yeah. I was spending half the time trying to remember what I did in the last flight or right. trying to get back into the it's, field because
1: it's one hundred and eighty euros. One
2: hundred eighty euros? Oh, that, yeah. that's not bad. Now that's pretty good. Now, Is that with yeah. the club or with the flying squad? That's
1: with the club. Yeah, this uh, it's a it's a local sort of club um, mm. on a on a on a sort of a uh, privately owned. Uh, strip which they do parachute and stuff from as well which is one of the things that, that does tend to sort of interfere some or not interfere but it's it it's it tends to make my circuits a lot a bit more extended when the uh, parachutes are in the air mm. um,
2: is it a grass grass runway
1: uh, it's asphalt but it does have a That's grass nice. section as well um okay. yeah, if good. you if you go on if you if you go on google and type in rainair as uh, which is r a i n a i r rainair Rain Air at uh, beckles which is b e c c l e s yeah. you'll see the uh, club there and you'll be able to look but uh, cool. no it's good it's a, it's a nice yeah. little club they're so, really I mean, friendly
0: f- for 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 both of you then really i mean the decision to sort of right i really really want to 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 fly i mean it's not just the hours you have to put in as well i mean it's quite a financial Mm. I oh, mean, yeah, it's quite a big definitely. financial decision, isn't it? Really, it's, it's but, a commitment. Yeah. yeah, it
2: really is. Yeah, it's, I, um, um, I suppose it's one the, of those
0: things. Once you get to a certain point where you've done lots and lots of hours, and you and you can maybe afford more gaps, perhaps when it becomes more second nature. I suppose in the same way, I mean, like, I mean, if you've been driving cars for years, or or in my case, coaches, I could have a, a couple of month break, and and because I've been doing it for so long, I could just get in it and. And carry off. I, I guess I, I wonder how many hours you need to get before before it literally becomes second nature.
2: Yeah, I think there there comes a point where your kind of your muscle memory kicks in. Yeah, and and, and you're not actually thinking about what you're doing yeah. when you're flying. Um, but there are there are regulations then as well about currency. So you know if you want to bring a passenger up, right. you need to have done a certain amount of takeoffs and landings and flights within the last ninety days. Right. So you can't just kind of let things expire. Right. Uh, for too long. Um but it's It's worth doing, Matt. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: You see, the problem I have is I get vertigo standing on a chair, so I don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm up in up in the air, really. But uh... are you
2: going to go up with Carlos when he gets his license?
1: Oh my goodness me, no! Not (laughs) a hope in hell. (laughs) The the actual the actual funny thing, Mark, is where the airfield is, where I fly from. Oh, don't don't um, even get. (laughs) It is literally a stone's throw away from where uh, Matt's depot is, where his coaches are. Yes. Ah yeah, it, well, it's literally it, a stone yeah, throw. It is
0: literally a stone's throw. And and yeah. initially when right. he started doing his stall practicing, he was usually doing it I'm convinced on purpose over our yard. I'm convinced ah, yeah. he was, was doing it, it on no. Yeah, or... whatever.
2: <laughs> was just, uh, oh. Try and terr- try and terrify you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: worked really well, it has to be said. But uh, uh, I've I've but sent it's... I've sent Mark the link to uh, Ryan now on, on Skype oh, maybe, so he can right. look there. Yeah. Uh, good.
2: Excellent. There you oh, good. Yeah, but it's interesting though, uh, like the whole thing about how the airplane works and for people who have never been up in a small airplane and Mm -hmm. and how there's an element of oh I'm terrified of flying and stuff but when you actually start learning about how the plane works and you know what does happen if the engine quits and things you you realize and and how much is involved in the training and what you learn and the procedures for learning in the learning that you realize Yeah. yeah you know it's Okay it's it's yeah. not completely safe. No 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 <laughs> okay, no have no. to fly properly but it, it is it, a very it safe. is much safer than being
0: on the road. I mean we cover we, we I mean yeah, the, we do the stats all the time yeah. Are, you know flying is much... No, I I am only teasing. I I, I am looking forward to um, hopefully, I, well, I haven't discussed it with Carlos yet, but he won't get a say in it, seeing as I'm the executive producer now. Uh, in the fact that I would once, once he's more, more um, uh, proficient, I, we, we will. Um, Thank you, man. We will record a, a, a section a show while we're up from, in the air. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that would yeah, be the, the way good. forward. But uh, we may struggle to get a Skype link, obviously. So you may not be able to join us on that one, I'm afraid, <laughs> Mark. But uh, yeah, it be, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's that. That is the plan: is to
1: sort of experience it first hand really. So, Mark, yeah. as we as we talked to earlier, we were saying about uh, the podcast. How did that all come about for you? Then the actual, you know, the podcast side of things. Did you sort of think, well, we, yeah. I need to produce this for,
2: for people? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because uh, I was listening to so many podcasts, and I was listening to you know ones about flying. You know, the Student Pilot Journal, and uh, there was lots of other ones about flying. And obviously, there was the Airplane Geeks and and Playing Crazy Down Under, and I was thoroughly enjoying them. And I actually, I think, got to the stage where I was nearly feeling guilty for enjoying so many of these great (laughs) podcasts. And and I wasn't contributing some way that, you know, um, these guys... You know, like yourselves, I think it's amazing how you guys manage to produce a podcast every week. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I don't think you realize yeah. how what a great achievement that the is. The fortunate thing you is, know? other than other and, and, than and, and uh, going really, to work, he know, has no life. Like me, I really appreciate getting a podcast like like what you produce every week. It, like it keeps me going. It keeps Yay. me interested in aviation. <laughs> and you know, it's great that you do it. So fair play to you. Well done. Thanks, Mark. And and yeah, and and I remember. And so I thought, well, I, maybe I'll try and just get involved in the community and try and give back a little bit. Maybe there's somebody out there who would be interested in hearing Mm. about my journey and might want to, you know, communicate with me and tell them about, tell me about their journey. And so I just started producing it and, you know, it's, it's amazing the connections you end up with the pod, the aviation podcasting community is so strong and and Mm. just so friendly and just so helpful. And I mean, we even got to meet, uh David Allen over in Florida last year and he got us half price tickets into Busch Gardens and things like that and wow. he produces wow. a great podcast yeah. called Other People's Airplanes it's yeah. wonderful mm. um but um I I and I'm and I, I, I sometimes just feel guilty for not producing it enough and everything mm. but a uh, you know I just it's just a great community to be a part of you know so that's it what is. I was thinking of when I was doing
1: it it's uh, is I mean I've I've started listening to your shows now I'm going to have to go back and start with number 1 because uh, I've been listening to the last the last two you've done, but I need to go back to the first one. And oh, they're those. pretty bad. The first few
2: <laughs> pretty bad.
1: you should listen to our number one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Well, anyway, unfortunately, I know you've got to go, uh, Mark. Oh, so we've, go. Yeah, no, he's got to. He's got other things to do. Have, have he, you got to go, Mark? <laughs> Stop oh, it!
2: It's yes. very sad. It's yeah, very sad. No, it is. Wait, I've, ter- I've thoroughly enjoyed being on with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Oh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Really
1: Real pleasure to have you on, Mark. But uh, no, thanks yeah. ever so much so, for joining us. So here. as
0: Mark goes, what we will just say then, if you are, if you want to have a look yourself, please make sure that you go to www.maidenflightpodcast.com. That's maiden as in wench, uh, maiden flight. <laughs> podcast Yeet, as in, pod. in iron as in, as iron in oh, iron oh okay made. yes right. <laughs> oh as in iron made yes. Yes, yes 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 i should have got that you should have done it. i should have done it anyway mark you it's been a real pleasure thank you very much for joining us yes for this week and making
1: yeah. our christmas uh podcast very special very special yes but uh yeah don't forget guys listening check mark out on itunes you'll find him on itunes download his show because it is really 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 good and definitely for me uh learning to fly is definitely. an excellent podcast cool so thanks again mark for joining us uh on the episode we're going to let you get away now and uh thank you very much,
2: guys.
1: looking forward to uh to hearing the show from you soon hopefully
2: great stuff thank, thank you thanks and cool. mark goodbye bye now
1: Right so we're going to kick off uh, the next segment of the show then we're going to do some a few bits of military news. We've got only a few bits because we are we're running short of time aren't we Matt? We certainly are yeah. now. So if you're ready for the military segment then Matt are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Right, let's go. <laughs> So with some military news then, uh, Matt, do you want to take
0: the first story? Yes, I will. This is from flightglobal.com, and Germany receives its first A400M airlifter. Germany has taken delivery of its first A400M tactical transport, with its uh, air force becoming the fourth to introduce the type. The Bundeswehr accepted the aircraft at the A400M final assembly line in Seville, Spain, on the 18th of December, says Airbus Defence and Space the company has performed the first flight of the aircraft uh, production number MSN18 from the uh, the site uh, in mid october delivery of the aircraft means that uh, uh, combined nine production examples of the A400M Atlas have now been handed over with france having received six and germany turkey and one and the uk both receiving all receiving one the A400M will play a critical role in the modernisation of Germany's air mobility force, says Airbus Defence and Space Executive Bernhard Gerwitt. The type will be replacing the Luftwaffe's C160 Transams, Transals sorry, with uh, 53 on order. So that's quite a big order
1: then. And that's an aircraft that we've talked about before, Matt, if you remember mm. the 400M. Yep. That's the kind of sort of the posh Hercules looking yes. aircraft, yeah, but yeah. a very... Very popular aircraft now with a lot of a lot of military units. Yeah. So next story then, Flight Global again. Uh, Embraer KC three nine zero will fly in January. The Embraer has scheduled the first flight of the KC three ninety aerial refueling tanker for early January. The company uh, released a brief announcement of the aircraft's most recent testing schedule on the eighteenth of December. Embraer informs that uh, all pro- uh, proprietary re- procedures for the realisation of the first flight of the KC390 are progressing according to plan, the statement says. The current expectation for the conclusion of these procedures indicates that this uh, flight should occur in the first weeks of 2015. The clean sheet tanker and transport aircraft was originally scheduled to fly before the end of the year, but updates from Embraer began to raise doubts last, late last summer. Or late in summer, I should say. The first prototype aircraft fuselage was mated with its wings in September, but a photo embryo released to announce the milestone was fa- framed in such a way that the tail and aft fuselage were obscured. The photograph also showed the aircraft's aero engines V2500E5 turbofans uh, had not been mounted under the wings. All of that work was completed by late October when the first prototype, two will be built for flight testing, was ceremoniously rolled out from Embraer's Gavio Pexto Brazil production facility. Video of the aircraft taxiing under its own power surfaced in Brazilian media on the 10th of December. The aircraft is currently performing some tests before it is ready to fly for its first time. An Embraer spokesman tells Flight Global in an email, As you can imagine, the agenda of the team involved in this program will be very busy for the next couple of weeks. First flight is a crucial step to beginning the flight test, which must be wrapped up in time to begin deliveries of the KC390 to the Brazilian Air Force in 2016. The Air Force intends to buy 28 examples of the aircraft which it collaborated with Embraer to develop Another five nations have signed letters of intent to purchase a total of 32 additional KC-390s. Now, I, I didn't know about this aircraft. This was this was new to me. Yeah. Uh, so I had a little look, uh, as you do. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, due to come into service in 2016. Yeah. Introducing.
0: That's not that far away. Bearing in mind, they haven't actually flown the thing yet. No. That doesn't seem like. I mean, that's only. Well, if you think it's 2015, in
1: in our case, in a week's time. I mean, that's, that's it's classed as a medium sized transport aircraft, right. But just looking at the aircraft, just for the, those of you guys, uh, if you go on Flight Global site, you'll be able to see this aircraft, uh, the KC390. But it's if you, uh, um, for those of you who know what an Embraer 135 or a 145 looks, at, uh, looks like, the passenger aircraft, just imagine a slightly fatter version mm. uh, as the windows and the nose section of the aircraft are very similar. To the passenger sort of aircraft, but other than that, this is uh, a kind of uh, smaller. If you imagine a very, very small C five Galaxy kind of uh, style aircraft with a high T tail, but uh, that's good news. That's good news. Some uh, some new aircraft coming online. So last uh, story then.
0: Yeah, as I say, very short uh, this week, obviously because we've had a guest on. Uh, We'll do uh, military in more detail um, next time. Next time round on podcast number forty three. That'll be in the new year, I think, now. Mm. But uh, Flight Global uh, again, and uh, Spain takes its first NH 90 helicopter and enhanced Tigers. Spain has received its first NH Industries uh, NH 90 troop transport helicopter, part of its reduced order for 22 of the type. Handed over at the Airbus Helicopters Plant in Albuquerque, uh, which assembled the helicopter, the NH 90 is also the 50th to be received. By an operator this year. A record annual delivery total for the programme. In all, the NHI consortium comprising of Airbus helicopters Augusta, Al, Al, Augusta, Augusta, Westland, and uh, Fokker, he says saying that very carefully, uh, has now delivered 229 of the 11-tonne rotorcraft with operators having accumulated some 80,000 flight hours. Madrid in 2006 initially ordered 44 of the TTH variant, uh, all powered by the General Electric T700 engines. But failed to put a support package in place for the helicopters. This order was later reduced to 22 units, with the money saved used to fund a, a support and spare parts deal. Alongside the NH90, Spain has also received its first pair of Tiger attack helicopters in the new HADE configuration, uh, the, or the H is it HADE or HADE? HAP E HAP E. Yeah, HADE. Uh, it has already taken six examples of the type produced to the earlier HAPe standard from uh, a total order of 24 helicopters. The new variant gains uprated MTR 390 e turbo shafts, integrated or integration of the Spike anti-tank missiles, and an improved countermeasures and self-protection suite. Meanwhile, negotiations are continuing between the consortium and Qatar, which earlier this year signed a tentative agreement covering the acquisition of 22 of the NH90s for around about €2 billion, billion or $2.8 billion. Dominique Maudet. Executive uh, Vice President of Global Business and Services at Airbus Helicopters said negotiations are continuing with the Gulf state in order to finalise the deal for the twelve TTHs and the and ten of the NFS NFH naval variant.
1: So these uh, these helicopters, then, if you want to buy buy one, uh, Matt, um, you can pick one up for a cool a cool. Uh, 59 million US dollars which works out at about 43.3 million euros splendid and you've got two on order yep yeah, I've ordered ex- two ex- <laughs> uh, but they're classed as a mili- uh, medium transport utility helicopter mm-hmm. and they first flew in 1995 wow, wow. So, right so we're going to bring that uh, part of the show then to a close the military segment and um, we've got uh, a very special thing to do now which is uh some feedback which we've had from uh someone matt if you'd like to uh yes absolutely we've had an email from uh tony kitchen uh and
0: i won't i won't go into to too much detail but uh suffice to say that uh it, it's basically discussing rural airports i know that's a a thing that we've also covered today obviously during mm. during our podcast and and as he quite rightly points out it's something that we're very interested in uh, uh namely uh the one that he that, that uh, Tony has uh, mentioned is uh, Blackpool Airport. And we're going to look into that, uh, yeah, actually, in yeah. more detail in time for the next podcast, which will be in the new year. So now. thanks for
1: your email, Tony. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, a, a brilliant idea. We'll look into that for you. And uh, as I say, we'll cover it uh, next time round.
1: Do, by, by
0: all means, ev- anybody, please uh, do get in touch. We want to make sure that we're covering the stories oh, that yeah. are of interest to you. Mm. Um, and uh, Carlos will go through those details now of how you get in touch.
1: Yeah, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that via the website at www.plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, plain spelled P-L-A-N-E. Just click on the Contact Us tab. There's a little box there. You can put in your detail, your message, uh, what you want to tell us, and then just click Send, and it comes straight through to our little email box there, doesn't yeah, it, as well? Fantastic. Um, and you can also, if you want to send us an email directly, you can do It's uh, uk at hotmail.com. Com. Absolutely. Yeah. So competition then, we have been running a competition for the last few weeks and uh, it was all due to our first year of programming and we asked two questions uh, for you to answer and we've had loads of answers in uh, via email and uh, we've uh, whittled them down to three winners cool. and uh, we the questions we asked and um, the first question we asked was what uh, what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows? Um, now, obviously, it
0: was fifty years ago. I know that much. So what was the actual What was the actual answer then? The second question.
1: I, I, we'll, we'll come to that. Oh right, okay, The smart. second question we asked was uh, what date was uh, the first flight of the Lockheed L ten eleven TriStar? Mm-hmm. So. So the answers then to the questions, and they were, so the answer to the first question, the first official Red Arrows display, that was the 6th of May 1965. Blimey. And the answer to the second question, the first flight of the L-1011 TriStar, that was the 16th of November 1970. Blimey. Yeah, my favourite aircraft, a tristar, yes, yeah. obviously. So we put our uh, answers into our magical randomiser hat uh, on very expensive pieces of paper. I think it's the first time you've used a printer in about 10 years, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. It's, it's not not uh, unless you're printing a book, that is. <laughs> very classy, I tell you. We, we, we do everything uh, in, in millions of pounds here. Oh, so then, our winners for the competition then. So our first winner, the first prize winner, and uh, this winner will get uh, a Plain Talking UK T-shirt with a lovely embroidered Plain Talking UK logo on the front. And it's all, it's also on the back of the, the uh, Plain Talking UK logo. is printed on the back as well, which is really good. Awesome. And a calendar as well for 2015. Always good to have a calendar. So the winner of the first uh, prize is Jennifer Parkinson. Okay. So Jennifer got those answers right and uh Jennifer if you could uh, get in contact with us um uh, we've got uh, two sizes available uh, only two unfortunately we've got uh, large and extra large. So if you'd like to get in contact with us far well, we are going to send you an email to uh, let you know you've uh, won. And uh, we'll get those sent off to you in the post, which should be, well, it should be probably after Christmas now, the time they I get you in the post. Do, so. Yes, yes, we're, so, we're now well past our uh, sort of last post. Yes, posting yes. Week. So well done, Jennifer <laughs> Parkinson. Yes, well well done. done. So the second, uh, second prize winner then, uh, who will also get a T-shirt, a um, mm. lovely T-shirt, um, is Zach Hayden. Now, Zach, you got those answers right as well. So, well done, Zach Hayden. Um, congratulations. You've got a lovely T-shirt. So, if you'd like to send us your details, we'll get that T-shirt off to you as well. But I will be emailing you as well to let you know you've won. So, the third prize winner then, and uh, we're going to send off a, a T-shirt as well to That's a third prize as well. Ah, That's good, good isn't it? Yeah. We're going to send you off a T-shirt as well. So... Actually, the third prize winner was who we've just been talking about. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so well done, Tony. Uh, Tony, ah, fantastic. Uh, yes, you've uh, Tony, you've won. Uh, Tony Kitchen, was it Kitchen? Yes, was yeah, it yeah. yes? Tony Kitchen, you've also won uh, the uh, prize as well. So well done, Tony. If you'd like to uh, get in uh, contact with us as well, uh, we will email you as well to let you know, and uh, you'll have a t-shirt winging its way to you. So congratulations to our winners. Woo! Yeah yeah well done well done have a merry christmas weren't you indeed. and uh perhaps as well uh once the t-shirts do uh whittle their way to our winners perhaps they could take a photo of themselves wearing the t-shirts Ah, the mandatory selfie. yeah the yeah. selfie a selfie of you wearing the t-shirts and we can put those um with your permission kind permission on uh, our facebook page uh for everyone to see which would be awesome indeed okay Okay, well, I think we're more or less out of time. We are out of time yet, Matt. It's been a got very busy home. little show. It has been a very busy show. Thanks again uh, to Mark Maiden for coming yeah. on the show. Don't forget, you can find his podcast, the Maiden Flight Podcast, on iTunes and uh, download his podcast. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's very informative yeah. and uh, makes for brilliant listening. So. That's it then for episode number forty-two of the yep. Plain Talking UK podcast. Don't forget, find us on Facebook and uh, and follow us on Twitter as well. We're on there, and uh, send us uh, send us your messages as well.
0: And what we mustn't forget to do, of course, is say have a very very merry yes. Christmas and have, a happy New Year. Yes,
1: have a very merry merry Christmas and and uh, happy New Year to all our listeners thanks for listening to us throughout the year um you know this uh, we've really enjoyed doing the show Matt's obviously come in late late arrival, uh but Matt's come on you know to help us with the show and that and uh, thanks for coming in Matt We um, have lots have and lots of good things planned for twenty fifteen. yeah so make do. sure you stay stay following
0: our link cause, yeah. uh as i say we're obviously we're rapidly approaching um air show season we are. again yeah'll yeah, uh, be soon big big ideas planned for that. Yeah. Um so yeah, do please make sure you keep listening.
1: But yep, thanks ever so much to all our listeners. Yeah, you're excellent and don't forget to, to also when you're downloading through your, uh through iTunes to yeah. uh, leave us a little review on iTunes just uh say hello and uh yeah. that would be really great. So that's it then from the Kitchen Studio for this week's episode. And, and indeed this year. Then for this for this year yeah. we'll be back in the new year yep. uh with our episode at the beginning of January. And, uh, well, that's about it then, Matt. Indeed, yes. It's been been good. It's been emotional. It's been emotional. So uh, from me, Carlos, as always, it's a festively mince pie-ish and sausage roll-ish Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And from you, Matt. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year,
0: and um, I hope you get the opportunity to eat as many mince pies as I intend to.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.